0: good evening. Good evening and welcome to worship at Pleasant Street Christian Reformed Church. And uh, oh yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you for being with us tonight. Uh, For those of you who are new and whom I haven't had a chance to meet, uh, which it could be many of you, my name is Matthew and I am the new senior pastor here at Pleasant Street. And so if you are joining us uh, and this is the first time that you've been in person for a while or if this is your very first time with us or logging on with us, a welcome from one new person to another. I'm glad, glad that we could share this night together. Tonight as we gather uh, for this Christmas Eve service um, we are fewer in this room than we would have normally expected to see and especially for those of us who are watching online it's a lot smaller crowd than you are probably used to seeing but in that way we are in fact in good company because though this is strange for us, this is actually a return more to what Christmas was like that first night, when some people gathered in the dark of a night, and it was just a few, and some things happened that nobody expected. God showed up in a surprising and amazing way. And so tonight, we are in good company, not least of which because that's how the first story started, but also because we are, in fact, gathered with Christians across the world Uh, tonight and uh, these next two days to remember and to celebrate um, that to a people living in darkness who didn't know where hope was going to come from, God brought it right here in our midst. And so, friends, take heart. It is Christmas. Uh, Let's worship together. Friends, um, our call to worship comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, Jesus Christ is our life and light. In his name and in his power, let us worship God. Friends, I invite you to remain standing if you're able, and let's sing together, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful.
1: the birth of Jesus Christ, we lit candles of hope, peace, joy, and love as reminders of the promise that Emmanuel is our God with us and that God graciously gives these gifts even if they sometimes come in ways that are mysterious to us. Tonight, we celebrate that Jesus has come, has come to be the light that shines in our darkness, and we do not have to be afraid.
2: Zachariah's life.
3: A priest.
4: Righteous in the sight of God.
3: Childless. Very old.
4: Then one day. Chosen by lot.
3: Worshippers praying. In the temple.
4: Burning incense. An angel appears.
3: Startled. Gripped with fear.
4: The message. His prayers heard.
3: A promised son. A powerful prophet.
4: A prophet to prepare the people.
3: A prophet to preach repentance
2: unbelievable,
3: silenced,
2: mute for months and months,
3: belief growing with Elizabeth's womb,
2: Zachariah's changed life,
3: a priest,
2: repentant and righteous,
3: a father at last, very old, very joyful, speaking praise to God, do Do not not be be afraid, afraid.
2: do not be afraid, do Do not not be afraid afraid
3: of what God intends to do,
2: do Do not not be be afraid. afraid
4: of what God has asked of you.
3: Do not not be be afraid afraid. when you do not understand. Do Do not not be afraid. afraid. God is working out God's plan. Do Do not not be afraid. afraid.
5: Do not be afraid. Do
3: Do not not be be afraid. Mary's life.
2: Living in small town Nazareth, a virgin.
3: Pledged to be married to Joseph. Young. Then one day,
2: the angel Gabriel, Greetings. Highly favored, greatly troubled.
3: The message, conception, delivery, a son.
2: Son of the Most High, a king.
3: An eternal king, but how?
2: The Holy Spirit, the power of the Most High.
3: Confirmation, see Elizabeth. Mary's changed life.
2: Still living in small town Nazareth. A virgin, pregnant.
3: Still married to Joseph.
2: Young, humble, a servant. Glorifying God.
3: Do Do not not be be afraid. afraid. Do not be afraid.
2: Do Do not not be afraid. afraid. Of what God intends to do.
3: Do Do not not be afraid.
2: Of what God has asked of you. Do Do not not be afraid. afraid. You do not
3: understand. Do
2: Do not not be afraid. afraid. God is working out God's plan. Do Do not not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Joseph's life. Living in small-town Nazareth.
3: A carpenter of the line of David.
2: Engaged to Mary. Then one day.
3: Upsetting news. Mary is pregnant.
2: There's a law.
3: Sad plan. Quiet divorce.
2: A message one night.
3: An angel in a dream.
2: Take Mary as your wife?
3: From the Holy Spirit? A son to be named Jesus.
2: Joseph's changed life living in small town Nazareth, gossip.
3: A carpenter, obedient, lending David's lineage.
2: Mary, to be pregnant Mary.
3: Do Do not be afraid. afraid.
2: Do not be afraid? Do Do not not be be afraid afraid of what God intends to do. Do Do not be afraid
3: of what God has asked of you.
2: Do 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 not not be afraid afraid
3: when you do not understand. Do Do not not be afraid. afraid.
2: God is working out God's plan. Do not be afraid, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. afraid.
3: Shepherds' lives.
2: Living in the fields outside Bethlehem.
3: Night watchmen for the flocks.
2: Common folk, workers. People of action.
3: Then one night, an
2: angel. God's glory shining. Terror.
3: The message, good news.
2: Great joy, a baby. A savior, the Messiah, the Lord.
3: Confirmation, see the manger.
2: Glory to God in heaven. Peace to God-seekers on earth.
3: Shepherds changed lives.
2: Off to Bethlehem.
3: The baby in the manger.
2: Spreading the news around town. Then back to work.
3: Watching the flock, praising God.
2: Common folk, people of action, witnesses, worshippers. Do Do not not be afraid.
3: afraid. Do not be afraid? Do Do not not be afraid afraid
2: of what God intends to do. Do not be afraid
3: of what God has asked of you.
2: Do Do not not be afraid when you do not understand.
3: Do not not be afraid. afraid.
2: God is working out God's plan. Do Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid.
3: Do not be afraid.
2: Our lives.
3: Where do you live? Whitensville, Oxbridge, further out? Are you young, very old, or somewhere in between?
4: What are your plans? What are you longing for this Christmas?
3: A child, fulfilling work. Better grades, better friends.
4: A wife, a husband, a better relationship.
3: Becoming a grown up, something big to happen.
4: What are you hoping for, working toward?
3: Spiritual growth, to be used by God.
2: God's name to be glorified.
3: God's kingdom to be advanced. Then one day, a message.
2: During your devotions, through a sermon.
3: In a situation demanding action.
2: As a sudden inspiration.
4: As a nudging in your heart. You should. But there will be a
2: cost.
3: And success seems uncertain.
2: Our changed lives. Accepting God's message.
3: Obeying, taking action. Accepting the consequences.
2: Watching God's plan unfold.
3: Praising God for what he is doing. Common folk, kingdom folk.
2: Workers, witnesses. Worshippers. Do not be afraid.
3: Do not be afraid.
2: Do not be afraid of what God intends to do. Do not be afraid of what God has asked of you. Do not be afraid
3: when you do not understand.
2: Do not be afraid. God is working out God's plan,
3: and nothing is impossible with God.
2: Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid.
5: Do
3: not be afraid.
5: Boom,
0: In many ways, we already said it, didn't we? Let there be peace. We uh, certainly could. We use that uh, this year, especially. It's something. It's a longing that we feel that is palpable. We see the need of it in the world around us, and as Christians, we acknowledge this. And for a long time, Christians have gathered, wanting this kind of peace uh, that we see and read about in Scripture but when we gather and we express this longing, we also say that, hey, we've noticed that the world could use an awful lot of peace, but we also recognize that uh, so could we, too, and so that the same problems that we see reflected in the world around us are, in fact, also at work within us. We do not know peace either, and so when Christians gather, We long for God to come and to make all things new, and we also acknowledge that we too are in need of that. And so we gather and we confess our sin. This is our way of saying that what God is going to do in the world must happen in me as well. And so tonight, on this Christmas Eve, in a world desperately in need of peace, as those people who need it too, would you join me in this prayer of confession? Arise, shine, for your light has come. O oh God, oh God, we live as if the light had never defeated the darkness in the world or in us. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. We confess that we ignore the Christ you sent to be among us, to be in us. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. The birth of your son, to the Christmas season, and do not yearn for his birth each moment of our meeting. A nation shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lord, you, you came, came to us, us in the, the fullness, fullness of time. time. Forgive, Forgive us for not opening our eyes to your coming. It's time that we celebrate your coming. Let the earth ring with song. Let the light break forth. Let us all rejoice in the miracle of love. Let Christ come in the fullness of our time. Friends, and the good news is that we make this confession with the light that God has already offered so that we can even see what is wrong. If you can see that you are in need of God's forgiveness, that is a sign that God is shining light into your life in the first place. And that means that he is here and he has brought us the answer. The light has already come, Jesus Christ. Friends, would you hear these words of good news, God's assurance of our forgiveness? It comes from the Gospel of John. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Thanks be to God. Friends, in Jesus you are forgiven. Let's sing together.
1: Would you rise in body or in spirit and join in singing, O Holy Night?
0: Sisters, the Lord himself is our peace. His coming to us is as real as a handshake. And so, friends, I'd invite you now to take a moment to extend that peace to each other in a socially distanced and appropriate way tonight. Friends, the peace of Christ be with you.
7: In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree on the entire Roman world. Uh, This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and he was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room room in the, available for them. Well, they, well there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, watching over their flocks at night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of Bethlehem, er, the town of david a savior has been born to you he is the messiah the lord this will be a sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising god and saying glory to god in the highest heaven and an earth peace unto those in whom his favor rest while the angels had left them and gone into heaven the shepherds said to one another let's go to bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the lord has told us about
1: everyone, my name is Makazi and today I'll be reading you Isaiah Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2. The people walked in the darkness, had seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light had dawned. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks and they be to God. God.
0: A year ago exactly, many of you were in this room, gathered on Christmas Eve. And 2020 lay stretched out ahead of you like a field of freshly fallen snow. Whatever you imagined when you looked ahead to the coming year, none of us imagined that we would be worshiping in our living rooms. When we looked to the future and the promise of whatever it would hold, we didn't know what was buried out there. That masks would become essential clothing like shirts and shoes to be able to get a sandwich at the store. That we would miss funerals, or undergo procedures alone, or move, or be forced to make a career change. For many of us, it may feel that 2020 is in fact a lost year, a year full of promises stolen like a package from our front stoop. But as you have heard me say before, we know beneath all of that that the pandemic wasn't really the problem this year. The pandemic merely revealed the problems that were already there for us. The pandemic heightened what is always true for us. The truth is that we've known for a long time that life rarely goes the way that we think it will. This is why it's hard to shop online or to make long-range plans in life, because rarely is anything ever as it seems in this world. Things don't hold up to their promises, And why is that? The Bible would suggest to us because it is always dim outside in this world. And things look different far away than they do up close. There are many things in this world that promise light and life for us and to us. And from far away, they shine with the promise of something new, I don't know what it is that catches your eye—a new year, a new thing, a new relationship. Whatever it is, you know what it is. It will probably illumine your life for a time if you get it. But inevitably, the light will fade. The batteries lose their charge. The novelty is lost. And we will see again that this too whatever it was, could not hold up to all that we had hoped that it would be, that it promised to be. And it does take a toll to be let down time and time again. Fleming Rutledge is a preacher whom I have come to admire a lot in these last several years, and she tells a story about once going to visit a friend who was in the early stages of Alzheimer's disease. She writes that her friend was still perfectly lucid and able to express herself. She said both of her parents had had the terrible affliction, and she was reconciled to it. Her biggest problem, she told me, was her husband's attitude. She said, you know, Steve, things have worked out for him in his life. He has had everything pretty much the way that he has wanted it, and now he's faced with something that isn't what he wanted at all. He gets really angry now. That never used to happen. For a man like Steve, the lights of his life stayed on for a long time, but eventually every light goes out. Why? Because we live in the age of decay. We live in the present evil age, as Paul called it, the one that Paul described as a world full of death and suffering and pain, the one where sin and death reign. This is the age, the one in which the prophet Isaiah described as deep darkness, and we are the people who sit in darkness. We started an Advent journey four weeks ago, and Advent began in the dark, and As familiar as that should be for us, not all of us are prepared for that reality. In fact, many of us have a great deal of resources at our disposal to insulate us from that reality. We have learned to keep out the age of decay, like stuffing pillows around the cracks of a poorly fitted door in the dead of winter. And yet, even those of us with stable income and good health this year live in the age of decay, and the signs are all there. Like Steve, eventually we all feel the chill of the reality that nothing in this life is as it promises to be. Which is what is so wonderful about this very familiar story in Luke chapter 2, which we have come here together tonight to hear again. Because here we meet something. Here in the dark night of a dark year in a world that has has shown us how flimsy its lights can be, here we meet something. A presence, an announcement, a person even, whom we were not even looking for if we're honest. Here in the dark, with the shepherds, we are given an overwhelmingly bright revelation of something. What is it? Something new. A birth, of all things. A birth, something that has happened, which has not happened before. And it is good and gloriously good news. A Savior has come. A Savior has come, a Messiah, a rescuer, the Lord Himself, here in the dark with us. And the angel tells them how to find this person who has come, to find him, God himself, who is enfleshed somehow here. You will find a baby all wrapped up against the chill of the night air, a child in a feeding trough in Bethlehem. And these promises, they are bright and they are shiny, they are brilliant and they are glorious. Of course, the shepherds run to see what this is all about, but we have seen shiny and bright before, and so we are not sure, not yet, for how many times in our lives has it turned out to be too good to be true? How do we know that this light is any different? Well, because when the shepherds get there, they find Mary and Joseph, and they find a child in the manger, and they tell everyone, What was told to them, and the people are alarmed and they are amazed by it, perhaps they too know as well as we do that you should not believe everything that you hear. Except with these shepherds, their fervor doesn't seem to dim after meeting this child. It grows. It grows. Their wonder and their joy grows. Why? Luke tells us almost as an aside, almost as an after-the-fact point at the very end. We may even have missed it. Why? Because everything was what they were told it was going to be. Everything that had been promised to them was exactly the way that they were told that it would be. They heard and they saw what they were told they would hear and they would see, which of course is exactly how Isaiah said it was going to be all those dark hundreds of years before. A people walking in darkness will see a great light. Those living in the land of deep darkness will have the light dawn upon them like the rising of the sun. The wonder of what Isaiah goes on to say next in that passage which was so well read for us tonight is that the glory of the Lord, this light of God coming, this hope for people who live in the shadow of death and in the age of decay where everything rots and rusts and is destroyed, the light that dawns on these people is a child who is born. It is the glory of God revealed in a person, a son. A son. Who has been given to you who is given up to death for you so that you might know that God's light shines not just in the darkness but shines out from an empty tomb and what the light illumines is this that Jesus is exactly who he says he is He does exactly what he says he is going to do. This child born of Mary is more than what he seems the first time you see him, not less. He does, (laughs) this child uh, reveals the very nature of God, and what he reveals is this, that God can be trusted in a world where nothing should be trusted that the closer you get to this child in the manger, the more true that will become to you. The closer that we get to Jesus, the more light there is, the more glorious he becomes, not less. Friends, Jesus Christ comes into the world and when we come to him, what we get to see is love. Don't you see? An idea won't die for you. Buddha can only show you the way. Jesus is the way. And Jesus doesn't say, contemplate my teaching. He says, I am bread. He didn't suggest that we practice his ethics. He told us to eat his body. He didn't describe life. He is the eternal, loving life of God. And do you know what? Life appeared. Of all places in a manger. The writer Brennan Manning um, Brings forth uh, a story that I heard him tell once uh, that is told, uh, he says, in the forests of Provence in southern France every Christmas. And it goes like this Uh, It's a story about the four shepherds who come to Bethlehem to see the child in a manger. The story goes that one brought eggs, and another bread and cheese, and the third brought wine, very French. Uh, And the fourth shepherd brought nothing at all. People called him La Chante. The first three shepherds chatted with Mary and Joseph that night, commenting on how well Mary was looking and how cozy the cave was and how handsomely Joseph had appointed it and what a beautiful starlit night it was. They congratulated the proud parents and presented them with their gifts and assured them that if they needed anything else, they had only to ask, just call, we'll be there for you. Finally, someone asked, where's L'Enchante? They searched high and low and up and down and inside and out, and finally someone peeked through the blanket hung against the draft into the creche, and there, kneeling at the crib, was La Laoshant, the enchanted one. Like a flag or a flame taking the direction of the wind, he had taken the direction of love. Throughout the entire night, he stayed in adoration, whispering, Yesu, 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 Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. What does the enchanted one know? That in the manger you can get close to God. You can see and you can hear God's love for the world and for you from the beginning of all beginnings. The closer that you get to Jesus, the better you will see, the better you will hear because you will touch God's love for the world. The closer that you get to Jesus, the better you will understand yourself. The closer you get to Jesus, the more incomprehensible God's love for you will become. And so you will return again to Jesus to comprehend it. And that is exactly the point of Jesus. God did not give us the incomprehensible story of his unfailing love for the world. He didn't give us a concept to figure out on our own. He didn't give us a model to study. God didn't give us an idea to memorialize. He gave us his son. (laughs) He gave us his son. He wrote himself into the story of this world so that we would see, so that we would hear, so that we could touch how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God for those who are in Christ Jesus the Lord. Friends, God does not confront us with a principle but with the gracious flesh and blood annunciation of a person. God does not announce the coming of love but the birth of his son Jesus who was born of a virgin named Mary in Bethlehem during the reign of Caesar Augustus while Quirinius was governor in Syria and there was a census throughout the entire Roman world. And friends, God's birth announcement locates itself squarely in your history tonight In the year 2020, a year of global violence and racial discord and political strife across the world and famine across the world and earthquakes and terrorism, and yes, even a pandemic, God's salvation wishes to interrupt this endless litany with gracious greetings, with light that shines in the darkness of whatever has been dark for you this year. In the year of your brother's death, your father's death, your grandfather's death, your mother's fall, in the year of the divorce, the surgery, the smaller home. On December 25th, 2020 in Whitensville, Massachusetts, the Lord himself has a gracious greeting for for you and for you and for you and for you and for all of us. Greetings to you upon whom the Lord's favor rests. The Messiah is born in the city of David. God's coming in Jesus is not just an announcement. It is an encounter that encounters us. It is the visitation of God who came in the flesh and who still comes to dwell inside our flesh. And we can't quite explain it. So ponder it. Treasure these things up in your heart until they grow into Holy Spirit-conceived, kicking conviction that not one word from Jesus' mouth will ever fail because he in this world is the only person who is who he says he is. Let it grow until it turns into life-altering joy that sends you to people and to places next year that you avoided last year. Let it grow and do not be afraid, O favored ones of God. For the Lord is with you. Emmanuel is with you. And so shall he be in 2021 and 22 and in your joy and your sorrow and in whatever else history might throw at you, world without end. And amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we are those people who walk in darkness. We are those who wait for something like the dawn, and we cannot make the sun come up. And so, for those of us tonight who just have to wait, we ask that you would help us to see that we are in just the right place, because those are the people for whom the light comes early, and the morning dawns even if it is still dark outside, and light somehow lives, takes up residence, grows within us, until we begin to see the world around us differently, until we begin to see that even though it is dark, the darkness is not dark to you, and that you are in fact moving in this world. And so, Lord, we ask that you would bring this light into us that we might see where you are even now moving in our midst, and so have renewed hope and renewed joy to follow you into whatever the rest of the days of our walking hold. We pray this in your son's name who has come to live with us and is with us now. Amen. Friends, I would invite you to rise in body or in spirit as you are able. Not yet. Just kidding. You're well trained. That was good.
1: In a minute. The song that we're going to sing is a reflection of Mary's pondering that the light has come in the darkness.
0: Brothers and sisters, would you pray with me? God of all grace, you have sent your Son to be our Redeemer, to give light in our darkness, pardon for our sins, and hope in our turmoil. We give you thanks for all of these gifts which flow from your word, and we thank you for the presence of your Spirit who enables us to receive them. We have met our Savior here. We know your promises are true, and our hearts have been nourished send us forth to live obediently until we gather here again in his name. Amen. Friends, would you rise in body or in spirit? And now let's sing. Sisters, having gathered out of an ordinary winter's night, we have met glory uh, in all its fullness and splendor, and now we go back out into that same ordinary night. But Lord willing, and by his grace, we have been changed. And so friends, as we go now, we go carrying the light that God has brought to us. We're going to go singing Silent Night together. And so if you have a candle, you can go ahead and grab that now. Uh, just a quick reminder that as we, uh, as we light the candles, tilt the unlit candle, not the lit one, right? And also, as a note, because of this church, we want to spread gospel and not virus. We've included extinguishers for you. Please do not blow your candles out. You can use your finger if you're brave, or you can use the snuffer, and you are welcome to take these candles with you tonight. Now, friends, having been gathered by God, we go blessed. I'd invite you to turn your eyes, lift your eyes up, open your hands and receive it. May God, who sent his angels to proclaim the glad news of the Savior's birth, fill you with joy and make you heralds of the gospel. Amen. Let's sing together.